Pentecost. This is a special particular day in the church calendar where we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit in a new way among God's people. And these special kind of days are important on the calendar. We all have special days on our calendar, whether it's our calendar at home or our calendar in a community, maybe a birthday or the 4th of July or the Chambly Concert Series. I mean, these dates that we have where we celebrate, we give thanks, we do things not only to remember something that has happened, but to remember that now we have life because of it. And one of those days in the church calendar is Pentecost. Pentecost literally means the 50th. The 50th day, because even as far back as in our Hebrew Jewish roots, Pentecost was the day that was celebrated 50 days after the last Sabbath of Passover, when the people had been delivered out of Egypt, out of captivity, out of slavery. And 50 days later was when they were given the law on Mount Sinai, when God gave the commandments to Moses. And so Pentecost for the Hebrew people, was the celebration of the giving of the law. They had been set free, and then at Pentecost, God told them, here's how you will live with one another and with the world and with me, by giving them the law. But on a particular Pentecost day, the account we'll read in just a minute from the book of Acts, God gave God's people something different. A new way to live. When God gave us the Holy Spirit in us and among us in a fresh and new way. And so Christians celebrate Pentecost as a day of the giving of the Holy Spirit. This day is also referred to sometimes as the birthday of the church. Because this is when God filled God's people with the Spirit. And we'll read in a minute that the wind blew through and they saw tongues of fire on each other's heads. If this is the birthday of the church, I like to think of it as sort of like an inverted birthday cake. Instead of blowing to put the candles out, God blew to light all our candles on fire. And if you think about it, it had been 50 days. Did you know it's been 50 days since Easter? It has. You forgot, didn't you? Because we've moved on, right? We had Easter. It was wonderful. We dressed up. There were lilies, we took pictures, we had wonderful meals, and that's great, and, and now we've gone on back to living our lives and doing our things, right? It's Sunday, tomorrow will be Monday, it's raining outside, and we've got to get ready for work, and we just sort of go back to our routine, and in a lot of ways, that's what the disciples had done, just gone back to life. And they were gathered together for this celebration of Pentecost, and something happened. And that's the story we're going to read from Acts chapter 2. I'm going to read verses 1 through 6 and verse 12. And we're going to put it up on the screen so you can follow along as I read out loud. This is what it says. When Pentecost Day arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound from heaven, like the howling of a fierce wind, filled the entire house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be individual flames of fire alighting on each other. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. There were pious Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. When they heard this sound, 
a crowd gathered. They were mystified because everyone heard them speaking in their native languages. They were all surprised and bewildered. Some asked each other, what does this mean? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This spirit that appears in the scripture clearly is stirring things up. Yeah, there's a bit of a mystery that's happening. We can sense it as we just listen to the words. And I don't think that it's that people were, were saying, Oh, this is surprising. I didn't expect for the Holy Spirit to show up today. No, they were like, What is happening? Wondering what is going on. There was, there's even a sense of fear that we can hear as the scripture is being read. And it doesn't look like that they are looking around saying, hey, can someone just like sit us down and explain what is going on to us? No, they were all caught up in what was happening. They were taking it in. They were wrapped up in what was occurring, fully present in the moment, observing, and they even found themselves participating. Now, this story that we read highlights one of the important moments when people have the realization of of who and, and what the Holy Spirit is and can do. But the Holy Spirit is not something that did not exist until this moment that we read about in Scripture. The presence of the Holy Spirit exists even back to the beginning in Genesis chapter 1. We learn about this God who is a creator. But there was something present alongside God. And that was God's breath. This movement. This shaping of things that occurred because of this breathing and movement of God that existed from the very beginning. Now the Holy Spirit is known as the third part or person of the Trinity. What we understand to be God, our creator, Jesus, our savior, and the Holy Spirit. Often we refer to the Holy Spirit as our sustainer. The one who sustains us. The one who breathes, moves like the wind, is a flame guiding our path. In Romans, we even hear about the Holy Spirit to be able to groan on our behalf when it doesn't feel like we have words enough to express or to explain, to verbalize, to put into words what we are thinking and feeling, and experiencing. The Holy Spirit shows up and is able to intercede on our behalf. Now, there's a complexity to the Trinity. But it's the Holy Spirit that comes alongside God and Jesus that has this profound and beautiful way of entering into our lives has a way of kind of infecting us. 
But the reality is, is that we too often can find ourselves asking, yeah, so what does this mean? Which is the question that the disciples were asking each other in this story. They says some looked to one another and said, what does this mean? Well, among other things, it means that the Holy Spirit has a role in our lives. An active presence. Jesus, before he ascended into heaven, told his disciples, I'm going away, going back to the Father, but I'm not completely leaving you. The Father will give you my Spirit, my Holy Spirit, to be with you, to go with you. Words that are used in the New Testament to describe the role of the Holy Spirit are comforter, counselor, advocate, guide. The Holy Spirit is the name for the relationship that we have and we live in and live into with God. The Holy Spirit is our ongoing relationship with the Creator and the Savior. As our spirits connect with the Spirit, God, the Holy Spirit, as we align our lives with that, as we pursue and deepen and grow and strengthen that relationship, we call that faith. Our spiritual relationship of faith is enabled by the Holy Spirit of God. And yet in this story, when the Holy Spirit began to move among the disciples, the Spirit moved in such a way that it says they were surprised, bewildered, amazed. Interesting to note how the Holy Spirit affects us in these ways. And in surprising, bewildering, and amazing them, the Scripture tells us that the Spirit did so moving like a wind and flames and in a variety of languages, which begs the question, why is this the way in which the Holy Spirit appeared to them and moved among them with these languages that they didn't know how to speak but began to speak and began to hear their language spoke? Emily, what does this mean? It's true that the languages that we read about, and we didn't read all of that entire passage, but you go back and it it details all the different languages that represent all the Mediterranean people of that time. But first, as you you go back to the beginning of the scripture and what we read, the reality is, is that the Holy Spirit descending and falling upon everyone first happened with this howling wind this fierce movement that just blew through that it got everybody's attention it makes me think about the prelude that bill played at the beginning of the service if you're in here did you probably felt it even and that was intentional it was a pentecost piece a, a movement a blowing through that caught our attention And not only do we have this howling wind that gathered everybody's attention present, 
But then all of a sudden, as as they looked around, what they saw was a flame. And I'm going to go ahead and and assume that it was on top, like above their heads and not on their heads, because that seems like it might hurt a little bit. But what happened was is they looked around and they, they saw something. There was something visual that was there, and it was on top of everyone's head that was gathered there. A flame, a, a tongue of fire is what the scripture calls it, that was there for everyone to have and to see as they looked around at one another. And it wasn't discriminating against anyone. In fact, one of the interesting things that is present in this passage is that there is no gender identification in this part of the passage, which is not true of all of Acts. You get some specifics as, you, as it relates to other passages of Scripture. But here in this story, it's an important piece that it was with, present with everyone that was there. Present to the whole crowd that was gathered. And then the scripture, it does go into so that we might understand the cultural diversity of the Jews of that day who would have been gathered in that reason. For us to understand that there were different languages and and dialects that people were speaking and, and that there wasn't this ability to just understand everyone as you were walking throughout your town or city. And people who were, you were not previously able to understand when this Holy Spirit howled through, came through, fire was present, all of a sudden, they could not only hear each other, it wasn't just noise, but they were able to understand one another. Think about this. Have you ever been in a place where there were different multiple languages being spoken around you? What would it feel like? What would it be like to all of a sudden be able to understand what another person was speaking? This group that was gathered who normally would have been separated, yes, definitely by language, but also with cultural and societal differences, they now all of a sudden are like, whoa, We can interact with each other. I I know what you're saying. The last line of the scripture that we read today said, they were all surprised and bewildered. Some asked each other, what does this mean? And as Eric and I were talking about this, we thought, what does, what does this mean, mean? What is it pointing to? Why do they ask this question? Now, they were most certainly wondering, what does this mean that we can understand each other? And I think, isn't that exactly the question that we tend to ask when we sense that the Holy Spirit might be moving? What does this mean? What am I supposed to to see or to understand? And we definitely know from this story that that shared language experience that they had points to their need and ability to listen to one another and to understand each other. You know, there are so many different experiences that we can have in our life that lead us to ask that question. What does this mean? 
So what does it mean for us in our lives to see how the Holy Spirit was moving among those first disciples on that first Pentecost for the Christian church? Well, one thing we see is that the Spirit moved among them like a mighty wind that blew through the house, through the room, where they were all gathered in one room together. Anybody? Us? Now? A wind of the Spirit blew through the room. So powerful and mighty, stopped everybody in its tracks. You've probably been in a wind like that before. That was blowing so strong that it either stopped you cold or turned your direction, whether you're in your car or just walking. We also know, though, that the Spirit moves sometimes in a wind that is gentle. Quiet. Like Elijah heard. A whisper but was no less powerful, a voice, a word from God. And then the Spirit moved among them with these tongues of fire that were above their heads. And I I don't know, maybe there literally were flames they saw above everybody's heads, or maybe they just saw each other's faces lit up like they had never seen before as the Spirit moved. As somebody who likes sports of all kinds, one of the things this made me think of when I read this passage about the tongues of fire above their heads was it made me think about something I've heard sportscasters say before about athletes when they're giving it all they've got and they they never slow down, they don't stop, they just go play after play, minute after minute. They say that that athlete is playing like his hair is on fire. Like he's just got so much energy and, and momentum and effort and dedication and won't quit. But he's playing like his hair is on fire. That's what I picture with the disciples on this Pentecost day. Was the spirit blew in them and among them and around them and lit them on fire. God filled them with the spirit and with faith. So much so that where maybe they had gotten back into their routine and just living their lives and they were just playing the game. Well this day changed that. And the Spirit moved in them in such a way that they were going to play life. They were going to live life and live faith like their hair was on fire. Not taking a moment off, but getting after it, as my coach would have said. And then they started hearing words spoken in their own languages from people who didn't speak their language. They started speaking one another's languages. As a manifestation of the Spirit of God among them. Bringing unity. And not unity in spite of their diversity. But unity because of their diversity. The very fact that they were from different places and different backgrounds and different cultures. Had different perspectives and spoke different languages. Was a means by which the Holy Spirit of God moved and breathed in them and among them, something new for all of them. And it wasn't just for them individually or personally. It was for them collectively, communally, the Holy Spirit at work among them and within them all. And then we ask, okay, so then in our lives, what does this mean? 
Just this past week, we were talking with one of our church minister, uh, members, Mr. Gene Lawson, and he was sharing a story about one of his neighbors. It's just a seven-year-old boy who already speaks three different languages. And Gene said that this little guy's got a ton of energy and just spunk to him. He always seems to be having a good time and just filled with joy. And he even shared that often he'll see him outside in the driveway just dancing, just making a, a move. And I'll just need to note right here that we paused in, in that story and went ahead and asked Mr. Gene if he's ever gone out there and, and joined this little boy and danced with him out in the driveway. And he said, oh, no, but, but they talked to each other. He said sometimes he'll just start talking with Mr. Gene in, in a different language and, and Gene has to say, whoa, whoa, I'm sorry, I, you, you got to speak English to me. At which point the little boy has gotten a very serious look on his face and, and leaned into him and said, I am practicing and goes on to just very slowly articulate to him in English so that they can have a conversation. So that they can talk with one another. Now I want you just to think about this for a moment. The Holy Spirit showing up through language. Unification. Crossing all kinds of boundaries and barriers. Allowing people to see one another and communicate in a different way. And this isn't just about different languages, but what we have in, our, in ourselves as being the way in which we talk, the way in which we understand. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit shows up and it's guiding this group to see each other and experience each other in a new way, to see right there in front of of their eyes, that something that they didn't think was possible was becoming possible in a new way. The Holy Spirit is present with us now. That's part of the the gift and the joy of the Holy Spirit. As Eric talked about when when Jesus came and, and said, I don't leave you alone, I leave you the Holy Spirit is that wasn't just for that story or those people, that, but that was for all of us. That here and now, in 2019, the Holy Spirit still is alive and at work. It's one of the ways that we experience the fullness of God's presence with us. Do you get that? Do you, do you hear that? The Holy Spirit is speaking, moving, breathing, continuing to shape. But we do have to ask, what does this mean? What does this look like for us now? For us now to be experiencing the Holy Spirit's movement among us. What does that mean? It says that when the Spirit moved, they were surprised, amazed. Can we just name that there's some of us here who don't like surprises? Right? Don't want a surprise party. Don't want to be surprised by where we're having or what we're having for dinner. 
want to know what the plan is, when everything's going to happen, at what time. Emily and I are that way a little bit with the staff here at the church. We've told the staff of the church, no surprises. (laughs) If something's going on, if something's happening or has happened, let us know. We want to know. We don't want to be surprised. And we just feel like that's probably a good way to give leadership to the staff of the church or to lead an organization in general. But we also have to acknowledge and name that sometimes the Holy Spirit surprises you. Mm. Surprises us. Sometimes in small ways. Sometimes in large ways. Like that Pentecost when the Spirit blew through like a mighty wind among the people and did something new and caught them off guard and surprised them. When they began to see the tongues of flames over one another's heads, all of them saw one another that way. The presence of the Holy Spirit of God on each one in the room. Look around. You see the Spirit lighting up the faces of the followers of Jesus gathered in the room. And then they began to speak each other's language. And sometimes maybe that is about what country you're from or what tongue you were taught to speak when you were born. But we all speak all kinds of different languages from our experiences, our perspectives, our understandings. And when the Spirit moved, they listened to each other. They heard one another. They learned to speak the other person's language. And in that moment, God was doing a new thing in the world and in the church and in the people. And in that moment, in these moments, because we're not just celebrating something that happened and it's over. Pentecost is a celebration of something that has happened and continues to happen. God continues to move. God's Spirit continues to blow through the room. Continues to teach us new languages. Gives us deeper understanding of each other. Shows us one another in new ways. That's God's Holy Spirit at work now. What would it look like for us, Shambly First United Methodist Church, to be open and receptive to the movement of God's Holy Spirit in us now, for today? What would it look like for the United Methodist Church to do that now, for today, for God's church all over the world to feel this movement of the Spirit through us all now? Today, what does that mean? I really do believe that God wants to surprise us, to amaze us. And I don't think it's in some sneaky, scary, I'm going to come up behind you kind of way. But it's so that we might continue to understand and and see and not just observe, but participate in what God is up to in the world. 
that believing that God is still moving and shaping and creating and guiding and teaching and will comfort us and will sustain us. But we have to be open. We have to be willing to listen to each other. To be open to understanding something new. To be guided by God. We proclaim and we, we say we believe in a God who has created, who is creating, who is alive and has something, praise God, to, to lead and guide us into. And just as this came to that group of people gathered in that room, to those disciples, look around. Look around. We are God's disciples. We are God's people gathered in a room. And it's not limited to here, but may it begin here. That we have a desire to... to, to see and to experience and to participate in this movement of God's Spirit that is with us. Pentecost happened. Now what? What does this mean? Are you going to allow it to mean something for you, to you? We know that the Holy Spirit changes things. We don't always do great with change, do we? And yet we are called to the work of God in the world. You know, I think one of the real dangers and temptations that we often have is is to want to understand God. We want to have it figured out. We want to know what to say and explain and, and define But going back to those flames. Spirit of God moves in ways that we can't always predict. We simply have to position ourselves to be open and willing to to listen and be guided. To continue to be shaped and molded. We're God's people. Will we listen to where the Spirit is leading us? May it be so for us and for all of God's people everywhere. Praise be to God. Amen.